Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rambo, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity. Again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. But the key is up here. The key is uh, in this thing. Now listen, what Jesus, uh, bless God, didn't say here. And, and uh, let's go to Luke uh, 17, 6. There's another rendition there that I want to grab onto, if I can find it. And it's likened to it, the sixth verse, 17, 6 of Luke. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Now, you notice something here. He didn't say, if you have faith the size of a seed, but if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed. The size of the seed matters not. The point is that the seed is good for only one thing, and that is to plant. That's the only thing that the seed is good for. Jesus is saying you don't need more faith, but you must be what? Willing to plant it. And where you're at with the Lord right now, that's what you want to understand. Yeah, no, Jesus, give us more faith. No, no. Plant the faith that you got. Where you're at today, it doesn't matter whether you just started, you've been in it for 20 years. Use the faith and plant it. How do you plant it? The boy will not die. The boy will go home tomorrow. When I was there in the hospital, he will not die. What did I do? I planted my faith. But in, in order for anything to happen, you first have to do what? You're first going to have to speak it out of your mouth. You're going to have to speak it. God spoke this world into existence when he said, let there be light, and there was light. <laughs> Try to figure that one out. But we, each of us, the way your faith will begin to be developing is plant what you got now. And like I said, bless God, don't, don't go, bless God, if you're broke, don't be start believing God for a million dollars. Believing for enough to pay your bills. Get into that. Get into that. Get to a place. Why? Because we want you to get excited about your faith. Not my faith. Your faith. The only reason I tell the stories is for you to understand that, bless God, that God still does have on the face of there's somebody that operates in that kind of faith. And he does. Now, so whether that's a blessing or a curse to you, then that's a, you know, that would be up to you to decide. But, but if you would begin to plant that, and I think it's really neat, because I'm going to tell you something. But you've got to, you must be willing to plant it, and you've got to put it to work. You've got to say to the problem, be removed. That's what you've got to say. Now, listen, we're not going to get you into moving mountains, literal mountains. We're not going to get you into plucking up any sycamine trees. But what we do want to get you into is you speaking unto something that's in your life that seems to be a mountain. And be sure it's something that bless God again. Uh, again, you, the, see, uh, the reason now, I, you know, I've really come at this laying on the hands thing, talking about the least amount of faith that you'll ever exercise, is to, you know, is to get in the healing line and let me or somebody like me lay, my, lay their hands on you. 
I mean, there's no faith involved. Uh, you may have to get out of the chair and might want to call that faith, but the fact of it is, all you've got to do is show up. The anointing's going to do the rest, and I know that. But if you, if, if, and, and you know, if you're dying of cancer and your faith won't do any more than to heal a, a hangout, you better get in the line. You better get in the line. But that line is only there to do what? To nurture you, to watch over you, until you are able to work the works of God. And you'll be able to work the works. There, there's dangers both ways. I, you know, I, I just, you know, I keep saying some people just like to slap. I never have. You know, I always cover that. You never know, folks. But there's one, there's one side that, that, that bless God, that, that will come up here every time that you have anything to pray for. That, that actually was me when I first started. As I said, I sat on the very front row, and I, when, before the preacher said come, Deckard was standing in front of the pulpit. I wanted anything, everything. I didn't care about deliverance. I, it didn't make any difference. I'll take it. I didn't have any. I took all of it. Well, it took me a long time to understand, but that's, that's, that's the way it was. Now, I was on that side. Now, we got this other side, and there's two things over here that happens. One is, I don't want anybody to think that I'm not uh, high on the faith level. I won't go up. And then the other side, well, I'm not worthy. God's got more things to do than to, uh, am I right? Each one of us fall in one of those categories. Each one of us, bless God, have ourselves in a position where if we're not very, very careful, we're going to be our own biggest enemies, of which it always turns out to be anyway. Amen? So, so when, you, when you begin to examine, you begin to realize that, that God has a way. Now, folks, I think, I think that through the years of being in ministry, the ministers and the people that I've watched God bring up, all right, now, I, I've talked about the, the churches and how we raised up the churches here in this area and how for 12 years nobody was in the hospital, nobody died, and nobody, bless God, was broke. Now, folks, I don't know if you've been to church for 12 years that you can say that about. Do you know why that that was it? Glad you asked. Because this prophet, even back then, could take could teach the kind of faith that would raise the dead. Even back then, I began to teach it, get them to exercise it for their lives, and they began to grow in it. And until they did, guess what? The prophet was there two, three times a week, and they could come and get in the line, and I could lay the anointing of God upon them and destroy the yoke of them and their children's lives until they could learn to do what? Possess it themselves. And they did. So this isn't my first time around the block to see if we can make this thing work. I know that it works. I know the only thing that, that, that God needs is you to participate. You to begin to put this together, begin to do this in, in the right directions. And I'm going to tell you something. There's nobody in this room a year from today won't be able to stand up and say, Yay, the things of God. If you will put it to Now, I didn't promise you that in six weeks, did I? I said, in a year. You should speak. If you start practicing faith every day, every day, every day, every day, you will within a year be able to say, yes, I understand somewhat. Somebody said to me, said, what do you know today about miracles? A whole lot less than I thought I knew when I was in this thing five years. Five years, I thought I knew. Now I'm not sure I can spell it. Why? Because... So simple and so complicated, both directions. But God knows, doesn't he?
Who will stand up and say, yes, Lord, use me? Who will be the one that will say, yes, Lord, I want to develop my faith so when they call, you're not die, the child shall live. We should all want that. Are there sleepless nights? <laughs> More than you're going to want to be able to count. Are there times when doubt and unbelief will try to come in the middle of the night and you can't answer the door of faith? You bet that's going to happen to you. Why? Because you are about to enter in probably what will end up being one of the greatest, if not the greatest, spiritual battle that you've ever been in your life because the powers of darkness cannot afford for you to work the works of God. Because you're like I am. I'm a big enough bladder now, now that once I learn to do it, I'm willing to teach you and you're going to be willing to teach somebody else. And folks, before this thing's over, this thing is going to explode in North America. It's going to explode. Because you work the works of God. And all they're going to do, the world, the church is going to stand there and call us the devil. That's what's going to, and there, what's the deal? Hey, I'd rather be called the devil than watching God bring the dead up. To go to those deadbeat churches where everybody's broke, depressed, and sick. Amen? I sold the Lord. I said, I, you know, Lord, don't send me no more churches. Now, and I don't mean I'm going to have to go to them, but I said, God, I don't want to go to more of them churches. Every time I get one of them churches, every time I get done ministering, here comes the pastor and the board. Every time. Well, now, Brother Deckard, you uh, <clears throat> missed a little of our doctrine here today. And I said, oh, oh, your, your doctrine, yeah? yeah. Well, well, you're talking about such and such, and we don't quite see it that way. And I said, I didn't ask you how you saw it. I said, the only thing I ask you, are you going to let me be free enough to preach to the people what God drops in my bucket on there? You said, yeah, you got what God put in the bucket, now live with it. I'm tired of the visits. Will God honor that? I don't know. We'll see. If he doesn't, guess what? I'll just have to take on a few more boards. That's all I know. Now, how do we plant? The, and you, you need to use the faith that you have by, what did I say, by speaking it. And, and I want to I take a moment here because this, this thing is really, really important that you understand. You have to speak it. In order to put the, 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 the spiritual world to work, you have to speak into it. You can't, you can't just say, well, now, I hope, you know, I hope. I, I, I think that one of the things that I might have said today, and I need to go back and reiterate for a moment, was that people, you hear this all the time, well, well Brother Deckard, I am believing for a miracle. Now, folks, that's not faith. That's not, I am believing. No, I have prayed and I believe I've received the miracle. That is faith. I believe. I'm not believing. That's a process of it happening. I have believed is a process that has taken place. And, and, and the words, see the words that you speak are going to absolutely cause the outcome of that situation to come to pass. That, you know, the people used to, or maybe always, a lot of them still do, Lord, if it be thy will that I be healed. Now, what kind of faith is that? None at all. When you start understanding and saying, by the stripes of Yeshua, bore upon the tree was then, is now, and will forever be the healing of my body or whoever you're praying for, and in the name of Yeshua I receive it, things are going to begin to happen. 
Now, some of you have been taught, and I need to, I need to grab onto this. Some of you have been taught some things that I'm going to have to step on, okay? And don't throw things at me. If you can't handle it, you pray about it, that you listen to me. When I was first indoctrinated into the ministry of deliverance, casting out the demons, devils, familiar spirits, the angel of the Lord God, now understand, the angel of the Lord God came and taught me how to do it. And the way that it came down was this, that if the spirit that you're taking on has to be first bound up, chained up, and when, I, when he said bound, I saw, I saw a spirit of darkness, and it was bound up, just like this, with chains all the way around it. He said, you've got to bind the spirit... So now listen, so it quietens the spirit's activities. Write this down. So it will quieten the activities, because he's bound, he can't do what he can't move. You bind the spirit, stop the activity in the supernatural realm. If it needs cast out, cast it out. If not, speak healing, speak uh, speak whatever it is, uh, miracle, whatever you need to do in Yeshua's name. That's the way you do this thing. Now some of you have been taught that we don't bind spirits. And I'm going to tell you, as a major prophet of God, you ain't going to make it through this thing if you don't learn to bind spirits. I can bind up the spirit, and most of you sitting, not all of you sitting in this room, the old story is where you won't even be able to squeak when you walk. I can absolutely control in the supernatural world. How do you think that I can, I can cause hurricanes to do what I do? I have learned to control within the supernatural world. I have learned to be able to do those things. Now, you know, people people say to me, "So, well, you know, the, the, you know, I don't know about all that. I mean, I, I mean, you know, why you don't understand it is because it's been done in the book, but we haven't seen or uh, been able to uh, view, I guess, seen uh, uh, experience is what I'm looking for that happening in the churches today." But the spirits have to be bound first, all right. So, so when you when you are going to when you are going to, to speak faith out of your mouth, the first thing you want to do is serve notice to the devil, and that's the first thing I do. I said, "Devil, listen up! In the name of Yeshua, the Son of Almighty God, and the authority and the power of the anointing that He has invested in this prophet, I take authority over you, and I bind you in this holy name. Be bound." Now, what's happened? I just tied him up. Now, I'm about to speak another thing of faith. And now, the spirit can't do anything about it. It's bound up. Now, that, that spirit that's bound will come loose. I've had people say, well, I don't know what happened. I bound the spirit. Now, now let me tell you something here. Just because you said be bound in the name of Yeshua doesn't mean that they're bound. Now, now hang on. Unless your place of faith has come where you can bind spirits. Now, how do you learn to do that? The word is what? Practice. Oh, this is good stuff. Oh, you got a boss at the job. you got somebody down the street at the grocery store. And every time you get around them, they got to come at you like gangbusters, okay? 
They gotta say something. They gotta be ugly somehow to you. That's where you start. I'm working as a boilermaker years and years and years ago. There was a fellow that was in my welding gang. I was a welder, and he was in my welding gang, and and he uh, uh, came up to me right off the bat, and he said, "You know, Deckard, I don't know what it is about you, but I don't like you." I said, "You don't even know me." Well, he said, "Maybe that's why I just don't like you." And went on for about a week, and bless God, I thought, now what is this about? I mean, this guy would go out of his way, bless God, to, to make some kind of a, a gesture that he didn't like me. So I go home, and I'm praying about it, and I'm praying about it, and I'm praying about it. The Lord said, bind up the Spirit. Bind it. He said, you fast three days. I fasted three days. I bound up the Spirit. And bless God, I'm over, and here he comes. I go, oh, boy. Here we go. wonder what his mouth, smart mouth is going to shoot over. Well, the problem was, every day at noon, I'd take in my welding coat, I had one of those little New Testament Bibles, and I'd take it out, and I'd set over on the steel somewhere, and I wouldn't bother anybody. Well, he couldn't stand that. Why? Because he, he wasn't saved. And so anyway, here he comes. He walks up, and I, I, I don't know what I was reading the Bible, what I was doing. And anyway, he said, uh, you know, he said, uh, maybe you're not all that bad. I go, Really? And he walked away. We started out the gate that evening, and here he walked up and put his arm on my shoulder. He said, I don't know why I didn't like you. He said, I, I'm sorry. He said, that's no way for anybody to treat anybody. And do you know what I found out? It works. It works. But what has to happen for it to work? You have got to do something. You can't sit on your Holy Ghost death and think, just because you're a Christian filled with the Holy Ghost, all right, the blessed God that's just automatically going to happen. I said before, I'm going to say again, it has to become a lifestyle. So I begin to realize, and, now, and, and, and the exercise of this is what I want you to start, is, and I'm giving you a lot of ideas here. You need to, you know, you're going to need to get this, uh, all this material, and, and you know what I'm always saying about this material? You listen to it the first time to be listening. The second time you go through, you take notes and write down the scriptures. The third time you go through it, and you write down everything I had to say about it. The fourth time you go through it, you write down what you think you heard. And about the fifth time you go through it, we're going to straighten out what you didn't get. And then about three or four months later, you go back through it again. Some of you people are not studying the material. And I'm going to tell you something as a prophet. It's going to come down like a ton of bricks right on top of your head. Don't you call me, email me, or send a carrier pigeon. I like that carrier pigeon. Because I'm not interested. I'm not here to take you in to raise you. I'm not here for that. I am here to grow you up in the things of God so you can be a difference. But some of you are playing some games. Some of you some of you are listening and you're not hearing anything. Some of you are studying and you're not studying. Some of you, oh, I listen to that. And I've been asking you questions and you more and more, more could answer. Folks, this is school. Say school. That's what this is. This isn't an exercise in a prophet coming up here to entertain you. If I wanted to be entertained or entertain somebody, I'd entertain my newest granddaughter, as a matter of fact. Do that anyway. Find that person that's giving you the bad way to go, that's coming against you. Anyway, it could be a wife, it could be a child, it could be a next-door neighbor, it could be somebody down at the shopping center. 
before you contact or know you're going to be in contact with them, bind that thing up in the name of Yeshua. If you feel that God's calling you to fast a meal or a day or three days, do it. Then you watch that thing change. Then you say, yes! Because if you can do it there, you can do it anywhere. But you've got to learn to do it. I watch people change their mind. You know what the first thing I do when I go into a nation around this world? I have fasted 21, 30 days. I ask the Lord God to give me place in the heart of that president or that prime minister or that queen or that king of those nations. Give me place with them, Lord. Cause them just to like me, not even know why. And do you want to know something? I have yet, in all the years and all the places I've been in this world, to be rejected for the headship of a nation. What's that about? I learned how to do it, but I first learned, sitting on that steel as a boilermaker, how to take care of somebody that was coming against me. You've got to learn that. You want to be successful in a faith walk? You're going to learn to bind up spirits. You have to bind them up. I'm always saying, I know that's Jesus' calling. We probably need to have a break, right? No, don't let that embarrass you. You know, some people get all a hand. I, don't bother me. That anointing is going to go on, and I know it, and hopefully at this point you do, okay? Uh, I, I, well, now Donna forgets every once in a while. I'll turn hers off even. Amen. You don't see me, see, you don't see her jumping out of the balcony up there because she, no. Let me go on. Plant your faith. Number one, faith works like a seed. You have to remember that. You must plant it to get the benefit of, uh, of that faith within that seed, okay? You plant faith by speaking it, as we said before. The kingdom operates by the principle of sowing and reaping. And, uh, uh, we're, we're going to, we're going to look at that, uh, and go to Mark, the fourth chapter. You know, this is a big time thing here. This 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 got hours upon hours upon hours that needs desperately uh, to uh, you know to, to get into and to teach, uh, <clears throat> and I'm I'm not sure that bless God that anybody really spends enough time in it. Uh, in the 14th verse, Mark 4, the sower soweth the the word. Now who's the sower? It's you. What are you supposed to sow? The word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but when they have heard, now what, how does faith come? By hearing. So they have heard, so faith has come. Satan cometh when? Immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, now, now listen, this, that's one group. Those, those folks are just somebody who wanders into one of my meetings, sits there and, like a stump, and bless God, they get it stolen from before they get out the door, okay? Now, here's the next group. And those are right, which sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, again, they had to hear, immediately received it with gladness. Oh, hallelujah, I've been in a few services, and yes, and I've read a few books, and yes, I've done a few of this, and how they receive it, and have no root in themselves. The, the, the word has not attached themselves, or the, the, the word has not attached itself unto their Inner man, their spirit man, their heart. And, and because it hasn't, it says, and so endure, but for a time afterward when affliction and all persecution arises for the word's sake. Now, you, you have to realize in that 17th verse that affliction and persecution are going to arise because of what? The word. 
There is no way that, see that, and there again, if people can walk into this thing and not have any problems and everything go away and everything be fine, everybody, you get everybody in. The problem is, is when these people that bless God that aren't rooted, now some of that could be they have not received enough uh, 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 scriptural uh, understanding. It may not be just because they're not, it doesn't mean they're stupid, that's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't mean that they haven't learned enough. It just says it never got in the root of them. See, people can say, well, I operate the faith, and they, they don't operate in faith at all. That's kind of what this is about. And, and so what he's saying here that the persecution and affliction is going to arise for the word's sake. So if the word's going to come, you're going to bet, you're going to bet that, bless God, you're going to have this other. That's why some of you, when you read these meetings and you get home and you're all, you know, bless God, you're just thrilled and everything going on, then it seems like somebody knocked at the door and you opened it and hell come in to visit for a while. Now I always say this, it may get worse before it gets better, listen, but it will get better. Are you willing to give it up just because what? Now, then let's get down to another statement that's got to be made. We're going to go through some tough times, as I said before. But bless God, if you're going to get thrown out of the boat now, you might as well get thrown out. If you're going to run, you might as well run now, because let me tell you something. Most of you sitting in this room can't make enough difference with the Word of God that's in your life now by faith to do anything with it anyway. Now, I'm sorry, because, but that's hard, but it's the truth. Most of you boast a good boast. You've got a lot of talk, and there's no action. You're not going to get in this thing without opening the door and hell coming in to visit you. And if you think you are, then you heard the wrong words come out of this prophet's mouth. This is going to be like pulling eye teeth. Can you stand it? And will you stand it? And if you're going to get shaken over all this meaningful, unmeaningful stuff that's going on now, you're never going to stand when the man comes in the door with a gun and says, Who will stand up and die for this man, Yeshua? You'll never make the grade. You'll never make it. And that is sad, folks, because, uh, you know, uh, uh, oh, I'm, uh, you, you, want, you know who really needs slapped? The church needs slapped because they have done a rotten job. I kept talking to jumping up down, oh, the power of the last day anointing. Oh, the power of the last day anointing. The anointing has gone. Only a real prophet understands that. Only a major prophet of God like I am knows that. The anointing is not in the churches anymore. It's gone because they defile the living God. They can jump up and down and fall on the floor. They can run up and down and throw all over the place. They can do the latest dances and wave the flags and call in uh, 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 whoever that old gal is that's in the strip joint on, su- on Saturday night and down at the church on Sunday morning acting a holy night. It's still not going to work. You know what brings the anointing to God? You know what brings it? The price that you pay to walk with him. When I come in, I bring the anointing. When I go out, that anointing goes out that door with me. It doesn't stay. It doesn't linger. You don't take it home in a jar. Now, you can take some of it home in a handkerchief, though. Okay? Let God. 
Let God be God. Let him be God. So you see, because the persecution, the affliction, well, look, and it says here, immediately they're offended. It says immediately, they, they, the word here is, is wilt. Oh. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. They all heard the word, just like you're hearing it. And the, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the rest of other things, enter and choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. But they all heard the word. Now, you're hearing the word this weekend. Every one of you that's sitting in this room hearing the word fall into one of these categories. Every one of you do. There's no exceptions. Now, the last one is, and these are they which sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100. And the key is that you have to receive it and let it bring forth fruit. How's that fruit going to come forth? Well, the Lord Yeshua talked about the pruning process. Well, that's no fun either, is it? Well, 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 Prophet Deckard, is there anything any fun about this? No, I don't really see. You know, Paul said, count it all joy. Something was wrong with Paul the day he wrote that. <laughs> Not really. No, I, I, I just see a lot of hard work. But you know, when you go back and you think about this, about this long, you realize something. We were set here on this earth, what? To serve Him. And we let all these things of the world come in to us and get us to doing all this stuff which that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. And we, 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 we give God 10% of our time at most. And most of us don't even give Him 10%. Most of us use God that's a convenience. Most of us use God but in a time of crisis, uh, most, uh, most, and that's the way most of it is. The churches all fill up when we go to war. All of a sudden, there they are. War's over, there they go. And as I have said, it's a shame within itself that we have entered into a place now, uh, uh, to the place where, uh, bless God, we're coming down to the end. Let those that have ears hear what thus saith the mouth of God. Let those that have spiritual ears hear. But they heard the word. And my, my, my uh, saying to you is, where is the word at within you? Are you one here that, bless God, that really falls upon good ground? What is good ground? Somebody that's fasting and praying. Somebody that's seeking the face of God. Somebody that puts God first and foremost every day in their lives. First and foremost. Not somebody that, bless God, we yell out to when, Help me, Jesus! No, not that. Now, seed can be what? It can be planted in your heart, or uh, it cannot be planted in your heart, I'm sorry, uh, unless you first speak the words, okay? They will never get in uh, there unless you speak them there in your heart. They are... The mouth, and they, come, they are in the mouth first, then in the heart. Romans 10:18 or 10:8. Now, now let me say something here to you. The planting of hearing has to be also understood. What you hear, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But you can have faith in doubt and unbelief. You can have faith in a lot of things. Now, let me tell you supernaturally how all this works. Somebody comes up to you. Let, let, let's say somewhere in life and somebody comes up to you and says, 
well, your dad was a drunk and you're going to end up being a drunk just like him. And they walk off. There you are, maybe 16 years old. By the time you're 30, you're, you're an alcoholic. Was it because of the genes? No, had nothing to do with the genes. It had to do with what was spoken that got planted. Everything that you hear, listen to me, it plants it in your heart. Everything. And when somebody spoke and said, you end up like a, like your, like your father ended up being an alcoholic and then the guy turns to be an alcoholic and, and people saying, well, he's just like his father and, and you know, it's in his genes or this, that, No, no. What has to happen? You have to learn to rip out of the ground, the good ground of your heart, things that are planted there that aren't right. Now listen to me. If you don't, it's also going to grow. And let, let me give you an example of something I've watched, and, 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 and it's sad, but I've seen too much of it. You know that the Bible says, sowing discord is an abomination to God. Okay? Well, did you hear about old Prophet Decker? Did you hear something he said? Well, now, uh, now you're, this person is talking to this other person. Well, now, I just, you know, I just don't know. I don't, I don't think I can buy. I can't buy that. Now, what have you done? That person that you were sowing discord with, or two, hadn't come up with all whatever that was about Prophet Deckard. You did. Now, you have planted something in their heart. If they don't know to rip that out, do you know what's going to happen? Listen, it may be a year, it may be two years, it may be five years, it may be 20 years. Somewhere it's going to grow, something's going to happen, and I'll say something, and they'll go, oh, yeah, that's not right, is it? You know where that came from? What got planted all the way back there. You have got to rip up the seed that's not from God out of your hearts. Because that's the way it works in the supernatural world. Keep the good stuff, get rid of the bad stuff. Get rid of it. Why? Because it will come full turn. Now, what happens to those people that sow that? They become an abomination to God. Now, God couldn't, couldn't, God will not bless them no matter what. You see, that's the reason I'm saying, I said to God, I said, God, there is so much to have to go back and to demand of the people to bring them to the forefront of this thing. I said, I, you know, I, I just don't, how is people, how are you going to live without sowing discord? Come on, some of you, some of you need to actually answer this thing to yourself. I don't want to hear the answer you're giving, but to you, how are you going to live without picking the phone up or, well, now you hear something that said, I don't know what I believe, I don't know what I how are you going to make it? Because you're not going to make it with God because when you start that, the Bible says that you have now been what? You, 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 you become an abomination to God. God doesn't bless abominations. And, and we can't see, we are so monkeyed up that we can't, even if you get the word right, you're over here doing stuff to bless God. You do not, you do not judge each other. You don't sow discord. You don't do those two things. And I personally believe that those two things are going to be the two hardest things to drive out of you that we're going to have to fight. And I believe that. And if you're not studying the fruit of the Spirit, I highly suggest you get the copy and you study it day and night. Because you're going to produce the fruit or you ain't going to be around this prophet. You're, we're going to learn to love, folks. I know it's a little tough to talk about, but we're going to have to. 
we're going to have to come to that place where we'll lay our lives down for each other. We not only can't lay our lives down for each other at the point we're at now, we don't even like each other very well, let alone love. We're going to have to go back and get some things right. So, number one, we have to stop these things. The one of the things, and I know you've heard me talk about that I love so much about the orthodoxy, they will not tolerate you coming and sowing discord to them. They know the word. They know that they'll become an abomination. And then they know that all those millions of dollars they have in the bank can disappear just like that. You start saying, what about sunsets? They take their hands, put them in their ears, their fingers, and they go, don't, I don't want to hear it. Don't speak to me. I will not be a bearer of your sin. You go away, it's discord, and I won't become an abomination of God because you are so discord. Goodbye. And they'll walk away. See, there's some things we got right. And we will get the rest of it right before it's over, all right? But you see, why can't we be that way? You know why? Oh, we want to hear. Oh, really? Well, I hadn't thought about Well, 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 you, what do you think? Well, uh, Sukkot, you need to bring safety belts with you. Because the prophet's going to do some messages up there, probably going to clear part of you out, out of the organization. So I got quiet, didn't it? This isn't a democracy. I'm sorry. God is a dictator. He's not, he's not interested in your vote. He's not interested in bless God if you think you should or you shouldn't. All he says, you do what I tell you to do and live. Okay? His prophets also are dictators. He comes, tells me, I tell you. He's not interested and the prophet isn't interested. I didn't take you to, I didn't take you to raise. Bless God, it's your decision of what you do, but you be real careful after you make the decision what you do with it. Okay? Because I hold within my hands life and I hold death. I swing a sword that will bless you and turn it over and it will curse you and put you in the dirt long before your time. And I know that. It isn't a game. It isn't up to vote. It isn't up to what you think. If you were so smart that you could get it put together, honey, you would be up here and this prophet would be sitting out there, but that's not the way it is. It's time some of you grow up and have to understand that. I know what I'm doing. Do you? And that's where most of the problem lies anyway. Some of you would like to think you know. Hmm? Remember, when planting seeds of faith, once the seed is planted, you what? You no longer have it. It's in the ground. It's in the heart. It's in the spirit. Leave it alone. Just leave it alone. See, I, I, I used to do this thing about my finances. <laughs> I used to believe God, and the, the pastor would say, bring your cares and leave them on the altar. Boy, I'd join up there, and I'd go, oh, God, oh, God, my finances, I'd leave them on the altar, and I'd go back, and I'd sit down, and, and I'd go home, and finally, the angel came to me and said to me, he said, the Lord wants to know who's got the, the burden, you or him. I said, well, what, what do you mean? So will you take it, lay it on the altar, put your burden upon him, and then before you get back to the seat, you take it back with you. Now, the Lord can't bear the burden if you're not going to give him and leave the burden with him. I Oh, that makes sense. Does that make sense? That makes sense to me. I don't But it wasn't that easy, was it? Because, you see, we're wanting to have first physical evidence of it being there. Now, now faith is the evidence of things what? Not seen. 
See, that, 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 that's what real believing is, is believing it before you see it, before it happens. And then when it happens, you're probably going to be just as surprised as the rest of them, but you will have done it in the right order. And that's what God wants you to learn to do. He wants you to bless God to learn to do this thing and to do it what? In the right order. Now, 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 once you all, all, uh, plant that seed, bless God, don't, don't go back. Don't dig it up because you have what? Believed? Past tense? And you shall receive. Pray, believe, receive. That's faith. You pray for it. You believe that you've got what you prayed for. And you now, you receive it. If it's healing, you say, Lord God, by the stripes you bore upon the tree, I am healed. I receive what you did all those years ago. And I thank you that you have healed me. And now I am healed. You don't go back and, and go back at it and next day and pray the same prayer. That's doubt and unbelief. Okay? You don't do that. But the neat thing is that if you learn to do that, what does that do? I'm going to tell you what that does in the supernatural world. It scares the turkey out of them. Darkness doesn't know. Dark, see, darkness, don't, they don't know everything. They sure can't read your mind. And when you start quoting the Word of God, do you know what they begin to see? They begin to see you as Yeshua. Because you're quoting the Word of God. You're quoting, and and if the only thing that gets them in trouble is the Word of God. Your doubt and unbelief plays into their hand. Well, I thought I was healed. What's that? You just lost. You just lost what you prayed for. When you start telling people, well, you know, I went up and got prayed for, but today I'm not feeling very well. What'd you do? You slap God right upside the head and say, hey, ha, you didn't heal me. We don't really look at it like that, though, do we? And it's good that you don't. But the fact of it is, with God, you you, you you've got to understand, and and you have got to get your place into yourself into the place. I've been able to receive and to know. Uh, let me give you a couple more things here. When you say, I have believed God for, uh, for that, then, then the whole thing's settled. It's over. You, you can't have both the seed and the harvest. You've got to leave, your, you gotta leave your, your faith, confess the harvest, and what do you got? It, 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 it will come. It will happen. It will take place. But most of us, bless God, we, we don't, we don't get into that. And the reason we don't get into that is because we, we're having these, these, this thing going on battling our five senses. Because after all, now, now, Brother Decker, are, are you, aren't you really kind of lying when you, when you say, well, uh, I've been healed when you know your body is saying, no, no, I'm not lying. Because you see, it's past tense. Uh, he, we were healed by the stripes that he bore 2,000 years ago. Past tense. It, it would happen then. All we're doing is saying, hey, God, I'll take, I'll take a shot of that. That's mine, and I've received it. Now, if you're going to go around and speak the other, then bless God, what's going to happen? Remember the guy that went into the operating room, and before he got through the doors, he sat up? Because he had done what? He had confessed that he was healed. He had confessed that he was healed. Now, you know the story is, don't say uncle. That's the story behind faith. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it, it seems to be, don't accept it. You accept what God's Word says about it. Everything, because brothers and sisters, again, whether we live or we die, we belong to Him. We are His. So that, that, that again, when we get into this stuff, and the thing that disappoints me so very much is to watch people get in that really and truly can make a difference, and then all of a sudden you see them get right back out, because why? Persecution and affliction ariseth for the word's sake. Back out they go, huh? And they're all. And like I said, do you know what happens to those lives? 
they turn a dingy looking brown. Why? If you are called of God to be part of the remnant of Ephraim, game out. There isn't any other, there isn't anything except this for you. Now you, you, you know, I'm not telling you you can't go on without this prophet because you could, but you're going to have to get somewhere where there's a real prophet that can take you where this thing's got to go. And you'd probably feel better to find somebody could tell you how we're going to get there, okay? Because at this point, this prophet can't. But what I can tell you is, I know in whom I have trusted. I know that, that he is more than able to deliver to me and to you on that day that which he has promised to us. And he'll do that. He will, he will bring... And that's really not a word. Well, what have I got to be concerned about? I watch God do everything. I, I don't know, and I don't. I, the only, I, yes, I do. The only thing that I've not seen God do at this point in time is to grow a hand on an arm that there's no arm, or a leg, or, or a whole arm. I, I've not seen any of that. I've never seen God put a finger where there wasn't a finger. Now, uh, are, you, are you saying that maybe your anointing won't do that? No, 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 no. I'm just telling you, it hasn't happened yet, but my faith will keep increasing. The anointing will keep increasing until the day that they will bring the people with legs that are off, and I will speak in the name of Yeshua, and that leg will grow exactly in front of my eyes. I see now short-legged people. I mean, I've seen legs that short, pinned by, by automobile crashes way up here. I watch those legs, and they just sit there and just... They just go like that. There they come. There it is. Bingo. They're even. There's that, but that's the only thing that I, that I can stand here today and tell you that I've not seen God do. But I will see God do that. Why? I confess it out of my mouth. You have doubt... Honey, I don't have doubt and unbelief about anything with God. I've been in pickles. I've been in places, and when I say in pickles, in, in harm's way, I've watched the angels come and bail me out. I've watched God do all this stuff around this world. No, there's nothing God can't do. The problem is, is whether you and I are going to get in position to be able to work the works of God. Amen? Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out Again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemalah, <laughs> 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 